What you're about to listen to is a Bri-Fi production. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Bri-Fi Podcast. I'm your host Bri-Fi, your comics guy, and this is a better late than never episode of the Bri-Fi Podcast. I don't know, like, I can't decide when I want to put these episodes out. Really, they just come out whenever I can get them out, but I, I need to have more of a actual date for you people. And I, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about the inconsistency. Whenever everyone I know, I like I know this, everyone knows this, consistency is the key to a good podcast. Well, spoiler alert, this is not a good podcast. <laughs> it's great. Anyway, um... So yeah, this week I actually read a comic book, so the Bri-Fi Your Comics Guy part actually makes sense this week, so I'm excited for that. We're going to be talking about Groot issue number one, and what's kind of special about that, and my thoughts and everything on that, and we got some nifty nerd news for you guys this week, so you know what? Let's just stop dicking around. Let's get into the nifty nerd news. Alright guys, up first in the nifty nerd news, Star Wars stuff. Hayden Christensen, who famously plays Anakin Skywalker, young, young, not super young, but teenage Anakin Skywalker, and then an older Darth Vader, like Anakin slash Darth Vader in the Obi-Wan series, he has been stated saying in the interview that he wants to explore a Star Wars What If series, or like, you know... Like, he, he wants Star Wars to have, like, what-if shows or, like, things like that. Like Marvel did, you know? Marvel had their what-if series where each episode was a different spin or, like, a take on characters or events. Like, what if those would have happened differently? And he wants to do one where Anakin Skywalker doesn't fall to the dark side. Which I think would be kind of interesting because what issues does that bring? What different, like... How does that play out differently with Obi-Wan, with the Emperor? Like, you know, in that scene when Samuel L. Jackson's character is taking on the Emperor and the Emperor's doing the lightning thing and stuff like that. What if Hayden Christensen doesn't step in, you know? Or, like, even then, so does he still turn evil at that point? Like, does he resent the Jedi? Because there's a lot still building up to that point that he's not happy with. And that was only just the, like the last you know the last straw that broke the camel's back so to speak and um so like and i think that would be a fun series to explain what if it was obi-wan and padme who had a relationship what if qui-gon didn't die you know and so qui-gon was the one actually training anakin and things like that like how cool would those types of stories be and how interesting could those stories take a spin and you know they're just what if so they don't have to actually change anything they can just be like fun you know you can have you can go crazy with it what if cp3 c3po was a jedi like those are couldn't speak three thousand languages like anakin could only program two so like how useless would he be and stuff like that what if luke skywalker got r5 instead of r2 like what if r5 was the robot that everyone loved and not r2d2 so 
Like those are the kind of things that spin around in my head. I don't know of any other ones. I mean, I'm sure I could sit here and think of just tens and hundreds and like, there's just so many things that you could just think of that. What if those happened differently? Like, what if they didn't save Princess Leia and they themselves got trapped? Like, what happens to the Resistance? What happens if the Separatists won and the Emperor wasn't able to political his way up to become the Emperor, you know? Like, like what if the Jedi didn't even have to do anything about it? What if democracy succeeded? <laughs> that was kind of thing. What if George Lucas didn't fuck with all the movies? <laughs> But yeah, I thought it was kind of an interesting concept. And I think it's something Star Wars could benefit from and Star Wars should do. I mean, they're doing great things. Don't get me wrong. I love the Disney Plus shows. But this is a chance to like revisit old stories and retell them in a different way and have fun with them. Like, let them be silly. Let them be stupid. Let them be meaningful if you want. But they're like, there's nothing against the canon for doing it, you know, because it's a what if story. And I think that's fun, you know. Marvel does a great job with it. I think Star Wars could do. The exact same. Um, other things that I wanted to talk about in the Nifty Nerd News. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is out. And it is absolutely demolishing in theaters. It is, I mean in a good way. It is demolishing theaters. People are packed in to see it. It's making all the money. Everything that I've heard about it is that it is fan-fucking-tastic. And better than the first one. And I really loved spider-man into the spider-verse i really like the cast i love the characters i love their attitudes and the voice acting like all of its fan the artwork is fantastic and so i'm really excited to see where they go with across the spider-verse i mean i have an idea of where they go but who's the real villain like because that i don't know and i don't believe it's going to be spider-man 2099 i know he's kind of like bad cop in a way you know like good cop bad cop but i I feel like he's not the actual villain. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just me thinking crazy, but who knows? But everything that I've seen and heard from this is it's a fantastic movie. In fact, there's a scene in here that they have that people have talked about where I guess they go through different dimensions, you know, multiverses and stuff. One of them happens to be like Legoland type, so like everyone's kind of like a Lego character. At least that's from what I can grasp from it. Because they got the kid who did the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse trailer all in Lego. So basically stop-motion Legoed a Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse trailer. And they got that kid. I think he's only 14 years old. And he actually did a scene in the movie here. Like how insane is that, man? Like, you know, he's 14. He's what, a sophomore in high school? So like when he goes off and like when he looks for a job... Like, he could put on his resume. Oh, yeah, and I also did a scene for, you know, a movie called Across the Spider-Verse. You might have heard of it. It's grossed hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And, you know, I played a part in that movie. Like, that's, to me, that's fucking insane. I think it's awesome, man. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. I think the only other Spider-Man news I've heard of, uh, Tom Holland has come out to say that Spider-Man 4 talks have been placed on hold due to the writer strike. So, there one, it's going to be a Spider-Man 4, but I think we all kind of knew that. But I think Tom Holland's going to be a part of it, which is the more exciting part of all this. But currently, it's on hold. So, But that's understandable, man. Writers want more money. I agree. Everyone should get more money. I want more money. I'm not allowed to strike, but I want more money. 
other spider news, and moving on to the next and last topic of the Nifty Nerd News. I did not know this, and I am terrified to find this out, and I must announce it to anyone else listening, because you may also be from Texas, so this affects you directly. But between now, the months of May and July, is the Great Texas Tarantula Migration. And yes, I mean tarantulas as in those god-awful, terrifying spiders. Look, I get some people like spiders, some people like tarantulas. That's all fine. That's all hunky-dory. You are allowed to like whatever you're allowed to like. Me, I'm absolutely terrified of them. There's a picture of one on the website that I'm looking at, and I am trying not to vomit. But yeah, so Texas brown tarantulas, which coincidentally are the largest and heaviest spiders in the state of Texas... Uh, they um, are beginning their great migration. I don't. I think they try to go all the way up to Colorado, and it's all for mating. Um, but their big, big, big thing to point out: if you're in central to northern Texas, like like basically from like San Antonio, and then just north of San Antonio and west of San Antonio, that whole space shade that in. You're going to be seeing a shit ton of um, tarantulas in the next coming months. You guys probably already know about this. I thankfully live in like the Gulf Coast. So I'm like along the seawater. We don't get these terrifying tarantulas, man. Like, okay, look, we don't get the Texas brown tarantula in my neck of the woods here or my coastal plains here. But central Texas and north and west of that, You guys are covered, man. Uh, And I'm talking like areas like the Rio Grande Valley, the prairies and the lake regions, the Piney Woods, Hill Country, uh, west of the Trans-Pecos and the Chihuahuan Desert. Uh, What is that um, big park out there? Big Bend Ranch State Park. Uh, Just littered, littered with them. Sorry, I hit my microphone because I'm that uh, scared. But I didn't even know this was a thing, guys. Like, I've lived on this planet for 34, 35 years. Sorry, I forgot my age for a moment. Well, I'm turning 35 this year. But, so yeah, I've lived on this planet for 35 years over, let's see, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, 2020s. Five decades. I've lived in five different decades, and I've never seen just wild tarantulas around the state like every tarantula that i've ever seen is either at a zoo or like some crazy friend on facebook posts they're not crazy but i think they're crazy for owning tarantulas because my god huge terrifying like i have to look under my desk while i'm recording this because i'm giving myself the heebie-jeebies and i'm scared one's just gonna grab me because you know tarantulas (laughs) but yeah so I didn't know this. It's kind of neat, though. Like, something that I was never even aware of. And I've been in Austin during the summer, you know. Like, I've been right there in Central Texas where they should have been around me. But, you know, I stick mostly to the cities. And it's not like they're crawling all over the cities and stuff. And I guess, you know, mostly they're nocturnal. So they're only out and about, like, moving around mostly during the night. Uh, But a little interesting fact I found out about this. So, you know, mostly males who 
stay in their burrows and kind of, you know, stay around there until they reach maturity where they can start mating. Then they go off. What I found out, though, is after they mate, they die shortly after. The males do. Females live 20 to 25 years. Ugh. <laughs> this is terrifying. But uh, also kind of fascinating, man. Uh, they lay like hundreds to thousands of eggs a year, I believe it is. And just... <laughs> so yeah, that's the Nifty Nerd News, guys. If you enjoyed that or were equally as terrified about tarantulas as I was, please let me know, man. And if you have different nerd news that you come across... Sorry, I got distracted by something... Hit me up. Let me know on social media. Let me know on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. What else? I think I'm on, um, not Tinder, um, Tumblr. <laughs> and uh, TikTok. Everything's at Bryfi Podcast. You can reach me. Even, I'm even on Xbox Live, guys, at Bryfi Pod. You can follow me over there. And uh, you can also follow me and uh, watch... And reply to me over on Twitch. Everything over there is twitch.tv slash thebryfi. But that's it for the Nifty Nerd News, guys. Let's get in to the comic book that we wanted to review for this week. Alright guys, so this week we are talking about Groot, issue number one. It's published this year, uh, May 3rd, 2023. Writer is Dan Abnett. And art is by Damien Cusario and Matt Melia. And what is very interesting about this is this was not only printed physically, but also put on Marvel Unlimited, the my like comic streaming service, at the same time. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Oop, my little pop filter fell. That they're coming out at the same time with this. I don't know if it's just like a fuck a first issue thing or what but it definitely has me interested okay what the hell happened here guys my pop filter not doing what i want it to do so we're just gonna hold it until i can finish uh recording the episode sorry about that so anyway just a little rundown of this um it's a Groot origin story. It takes place when he's just, you know, tiny little, tiny little tree sap, just a little bitty baby, just a little baby. And uh, he also has friends, which is kind of cool. So this is on his home planet, just only known as Planet X. It's Groot and his friends Gleef and Twig. And everyone can only say their names like, I am Groot, I am Gleef, I am Twig. So kind of cool, kind of funny, kind of just nifty. A little, Just a little insight into the world of Groot here. But, of course, things can't always be happy and good. Something terrible has to befall the planet. And um, we'll get back to that because now we got to do a six-month time jump because we got more important story to tell at the moment. Screw Groot's homeworld and his home planet. Uh, so now we're above the planet Thantalis, and it is a burning wasteland of a planet, which, believe it or not, it's not normally what its weather is forecasted as. Normally, it's a pretty, pretty planet. A pretty, pretty planet. It's a nice planet. Uh, in its orbit, though, we see a Starfleet command ship crewed by Captain Solar, Lieutenant Dara, and a young Private Marvel. Spoilers, he later becomes Captain Marvel. 
Anywho, um, they believe this world to be, or this uh, destruction of this world to be the work of a guy, either he's, he's got an acronym name, AGZ, or his name is Oggs. And uh, he's the leader of a group called the Spoilers. Uh, not like spoiler alert, but they're actually called the spoilers. I guess because they spoil things or they're the victors and they get the spoils. Ha! <laughs> Maybe that's like what it really is. Anyway, so uh, Marvel's detected survivors on the planet and they go down to investigate. But lo and behold, it's not the kind of survivors you want to fight or find. It's the kind that are going to fight their chainsaws. And they are exactly what you think. That, like, what if Black and Decker created dinosaurs out of chainsaws? Like, that's exactly what these things are. They look badass, and they are terrifying. So things go haywire quick, quickly for the trio, and um, some inspired or impulsive thinking by Marvel gets them out of the jam. But uh, So later, while they're searching the remains of the planet for, you know, less than lethal life forms, uh, they end up, Marvel ends up finding a cargo box that um, the spoilers left behind, and in his investigation, he gets ambushed by the one, the only, I am Groot. So uh, more chainsaws show up while uh, Marvel's trying to recover from Groot's surprise attack. Uh, Marvel just yeets them out of the way, literally just picks them up, chunks them out of the box, which kind of makes me wonder why they didn't do that in the first place. Like, they were fighting them and acting like it's a big issue and then marvel all of a sudden he just grows a pair and starts eating things left and right um but i guess you know whatever we got a story to tell we got plot so we got to move forward with this anyway and so now groot trusts marvel due to you know being saved as any disney princess would and uh, marvel and solar are now tasked with returning groot and company back to their home world of planet x uh, we get a cute little montage of Groot and Marvel trying to uh, build Marvel. Sorry, Marvel trying to uh, build, you know, a communication bridge between each other because Groot can only say "I am Groot" and Marvel is only capable of like limited man thought because he's dumb man. Um, and it goes about as well as you can imagine. They eventually arrive on Planet X, which has some damage to it, but hasn't been totally, like, burned to a crisp, hasn't been totally razed. So that, you know, kind of leads to some questions like, why is it that way? Why is the why was this planet mostly spared as, as uh, compared to other planets? And who exactly is tracking them in the woods right now? Um, so that's kind of the first, uh, or the first issue of this story of Groot. Um, like I said, the artwork is fantastic in this comic book. The big standouts being the chainsaws. Uh, they just look fantastic. I love their design and they look dangerous. They look crazy, but still workable. Like they, they look very in this world, which is kind of crazy. Uh, the action is exciting throughout the comic book. It's easy to follow from panel to panel. Like it doesn't get to screw there's some comics out there where like the action between panels is so intense and the artwork gets very liberal with it and it's like extremely hard to follow but in Groot everything's really great everything's really easy to follow which I love love the character designs of Groot and his friends they're similar 
but yet have very dis- distinct features to themselves and they, they got a different feeling between them like like you can tell they have different attitudes based on the artwork because they don't do a lot of talking so i really like that about it the colors really get to shine in here especially when we're in like greenery like planet x and things i love the way the colors pop and how they differ uh we don't get much of it though because we're mostly things are on fire or we're in a spaceship so Kind of sad, I didn't get to see more of the colors shine like that. Story's a fun time. Um, I think my only knock on this book, my only gripe against this book, is that it still feels more like a Marvel story than it does a Groot story. But, I mean, how much can Groot really carry the story when all he can say is, I am Groot? So maybe you need Marvel there to be the voice of the characters and um help push dialogue along i don't know we'll we'll see there i mean you could do stuff with narration or things maybe marvell will only be here for a short while maybe he's only in a few issues maybe he's only in one issue maybe it's going to be like a team up every issue where groot interacts with different characters of the marvel universe i don't know uh that would be kind of fun and interesting and kind of like a fun groot team up but I'm I'm curious, you know, I'm curious how this is going to play out. I'm curious if how much Groot is going to be the main character and not just kind of like a jokey sidekick or, you know, like the comic relief. Like how much um, can we really get out of this? Uh, One of my favorite books talking about this and talking about these characters uh, was Rocket Raccoon by Scotty Young. This was quite a few years back, probably 2016, 2015. I don't know. I have to look it up. But it's a very touching story. It was a really good story. And um, things got very serious. And I got very sad by the end of that story. So maybe they could do the same thing with Groot. Um, will it join the hollowed halls of the Bri-Fi podcast? Is one of my favorite uh interesting character stories i don't know we'll have to see because there there's some good ones in my comic book shelf that are very very touching and very very strong books rocket raccoon being one of them and uh chip zadarsky's howard the duck run was a very good one as well so that's going to be tough to beat um really though i enjoyed this issue going to be added to my follow list like you can have like a follow list on marvel unlimited which i like it's kind of like having a pull list with your local comic book shop and if you don't know what a pull list is that's basically like a box that you keep where they pull the comics you want and put them in your box so that way when you do come to the store all your comics are there that way you don't have to get there on new comic book day and beat the crowd or anything like that they already set aside the stuff also, what's great about pull lists for local comic book shops is that's guaranteed comics. Like people, you know, are it's supposed to be guaranteed. You know, some people don't pick up their pull boxes, which sucks. But um, you know, that helps uh, your comic book shop know it's got guaranteed income from week to week or month to month, however many books and stuff you're reading, and it helps them out. You know, so if you have a local book comic or local comic book shop in your area or one that you can visit at least like once a month or something like that get a pull box uh, a pull list a a box there because that helps them and it'll help you get to read and collect some cool comics man and sometimes they give you discounts or they throw some cool shit your way 
or like even new suggestions that you don't have to buy, but they just want to, you know, hey, you read this and this, maybe you would like this story. So definitely something cool to check out and something to look into. Anyway, that's it for the Bri5 podcast this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We will try to find some form of consistency with the podcast going forward. I, I know it's it, it's weird, guys, and I'm working on it. Um, the only other thing that I got for y'all, head over to YouTube, man. Uh, YouTube.com slash, or I don't know, just look up the Bri5 podcast on YouTube. You should be able to find me posting new videos. I just got a new gaming video up there of me playing the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It's a highlight video, so it's all cut together and there's jokes and shit throughout of it, throughout of it, through it. So check it out. Let me know what you guys think and we will see you guys next week. Bri-Fi out.